Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Gold Coast and via the SEN app, should you like to join in on the program, my open line number one three hundred. 011170 and the text line number 0457 736 736. Joining me on the show tonight, Lachlan McCurdy up shortly from Code Sports for the weekend wash-up. James Paulson from the Sydney Morning Herald Sports Desk will be here to have a look at the back pages of tomorrow's Sydney Morning Herald. And Ian McCulloch, sports journo in England, for his UK report. So what are the takeouts? What are your key takeouts around 22 of the National Rugby League? Dragons are gone, Seagulls are gone. I'm not sure Parramatta can win the comp without insipid performance against the Buddies. Uh, isn't it funny? They are the Buddies' Bunnies, Parramatta. But they were flat out getting to zero. It's just remarkable. You, you can't peg the ebbs and flows of this team, how they can be so comprehensive against Penrith. They've beaten them twice this year. Beaten Melbourne and Melbourne. And then they just lose at home. You know, you think they'll make the eight, but, I mean, they're not guaranteed yet, Parramatta. South Sydney are highly impressive. Highly impressive. I'll put the red pen through the eels. Have you put the red pen through the eels? You can't back them with any great confidence. And as for Melbourne, uh, uh, is this a resurgent Melbourne football team? They're not as good as previous Melbourne teams, but if they got Hughes fit and Smith fit and Harry Grant fit and most critically Cameron Munster fit and firing, well, they're a chance on any given day, Melbourne. He's just elite. And now they reckon that the Gold Coast, Gold Coast, the Redcliffe Dolphins uh, will have their man in 2024. There's rumours of a five-year, $6 million contract for Cam Munster. You've got to go all in on him. You, you need that one marquee man on his day. He's the best player in the competition. You go all in, you build a team around him. A pretty good Melbourne. As I said, with Munster on the field, anything possible. I, I think the same two can be said of Latrell Mitchell. And not many people are talking about the Sharks. Comfortable winners over the Tigers in Tamworth. A pretty nice run home. Some plays to return. They are eyeing off second. In fact, I think they will get second. And the Cowboys just looked a bit off their game. You wonder how much that Paul Green news probably shook them. Just drained them uh, mentally, psychologically. And they looked a bit flat. Their forwards are certainly flat. No metres at all. But the Roosters are, are looking really good at this time of year. Really good. They've got a tough run home. They're going to make the eight. That's no certainty. But still, if they do make the eight, people are not going to want to play the dry colours. Do you think there's positive signs of the Warriors next season? Well, you can't draw too much out of that win. Yes, in Mount Smart Stadium, home crowd against a team that have been out of the eight and were out of finals contention a long way out from home. That being the Bulldogs. But the Bulldogs have been better in the past couple of months, or basically since Potter took over. It was nice to see Sean Johnson run the football for a change. Like turn back the clock, Sean Johnson, and that length of the field try to, to Dallin. I'm just happy for them, happy they got the win. I didn't tip them. But regardless, you know, it's good for footy that uh, they're starting to win some games. Well, they've won one. The Raiders are still alive, as we mentioned, after that close fought, slightly controversial win over the Dragons. Uh, they are gone for 2022. 
And, and that final play, I was just looking up my screens here in the studio. They've been replaying it a fair bit. So Matty Fino bolts down the field, tries to play the ball, last play of the game from a shift. Corey had a weird night up all over him, no penalty call. And it was a penalty. Interestingly, that I think they tried to sort of get Hook, Anthony Griffin, to take the bait in the post-match press conference, and he just talked about the irony, cited the irony of the situation after that finish between the Raiders and the Dragons in, in Wollongong. Such is life. They weren't good enough to make the eight the Dragons, and I can... I can be honest enough to say that. So let's have a look at the ladder as it stands, and we'll take a look at the run home as well. So the the ladder after 22 rounds. Panthers out in front, 38 points. Six clear of the Cowboys and the Sharks. Uh, you can pretty much give them the minor premiership. I think the Sharks might jump the Cowboys. Then you got the Storm in fourth place. Rabbitohs fifth on 28. Stormer in 30, by the way. Rabbitohs fifth and 28. Then you've got the Broncos and the Eels also on 28. But four and against separating those three teams. The Roosters won behind them, 26. And the Raiders, the only other team still in top eight contention, contention on 24. Then you've got the Eagles and the Dragons. They are done on 20 points. Looking at the run home. So Penrith, as I said, first 38 points. Differential, 298. Pretty impressive. They've got the Rabbitohs, the Warriors, and the Cowboys. Rabbitohs away. That's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a really tough game. Then you've got the Warriors at home, which you think they should win, and the Cowboys away. Hard to say, but I just wonder if the Cowboys may have run their race for this season. They're in second place at the moment. They've got the Warriors, the Bunnies, and the Panthers. So uh, one win, you'd think, but the other two, no certainties. Cronulla, Seagulls, Bulldogs, Knights. I reckon you're cashing in on all three of those for the Sharkies. So 32 points, add another six. That gets them to 38. Penrith would have to lose all three. And they've still got the superior for and against. Melbourne, fourth place, 30 points. They have the Broncos, the Roosters, and the Eels. So, so tough games, all top eight teams, but all winnable. South Sydney have got the Panthers, the Cowboys, and the Roosters. So that is a tough run home for South Sydney. But their form's pretty good. Brisbane have got the Storm, the Eels, and the Dragons. They could conceivably drop all three, the Broncos, and miss the eight. This is really, really tight, this race. Really tight race. Parramatta got the Dogs, the Broncos, and then the Storms. The Dogs at home, I think they'll win the Broncos away, a chance and Storm at home. Well, you know how they play against Melbourne. Then you've got the Roosters in eighth. They have the Tigers, then Melbourne and South Sydney. And how's, how big is that game going to be? Final game of the year at the rebooted Allianz Stadium. That is going to be a belter. So you think they'll beat the Tigers. That'll get them at 28. Storm away, Rabbitohs home. I mean, that could park on 28. Then you have a look at Canberra. They're only two behind. Uh, a far inferior for and against. They're negative, actually. The only one negative out of that nine. They got the Knights, the Seagulls, and the Tigers. So Canberra could go bang, 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 win, win, win. That'll get them to 30. Now, if the Roosters only win one more, then they'll sit behind Canberra. So... People are saying that the Roosters, uh, they look like the real deal. I mean, they're still going to beat the Storm and the Rabbitohs. It is really, really tough. Who's going to make your rate? Well, give me the order of your rate. More to the point, 0457 736 736. This was the big news of the day. Newcastle have launched an investigation after a video emerged of Caelan Ponga and Knights teammate Kurt Mann being kicked out of a toilet cubicle by security. According to the Daily Telegraph, the Knights were made aware of the video this morning. Confirmed they were seeking an explanation from Ponga. He's currently sidelined while he recovers from concussion, so investigation has been launched. The security guard 
and a shock reaction, he realised the identity of both gentlemen. They left. They had their gear on in case you're wondering, if you haven't seen it. Uh, the video's been doing the rounds in the last 24 hours or so. The question is, we don't know what they were doing and why they were in the cubicle together or when the video was taken. But as far as explanations go, this is one of the best. So Ponga's father, Andre, this is the way he explained it away. For why his son, Kalen, and his teammate, Kurt Mann, who has a quad injury, limited to him 11 games a season, were in the cubicle together. Take it away, Andre Ponga. He made an exciting house purchase Saturday. Not just a house purchase, but an exciting house purchase. And celebrated with a few mates drinking. Sick in the toilet, and his mate went to help him. It is understood the players have told the club that they were out because Ponga had purchased a new house and they had a few drinks to celebrate. Ponga, the club was told, was sick in the toilets. Kurt Mann accompanied him just to make sure he's okay. But they had the door shut behind him. Apparently locked behind him. So work that out. They told the club that the cubicle was open, cubicle door was open at all times. But if you see the footage, I'm pretty sure it was shut, wasn't it? Do you believe that? Do you honestly believe that? It's very downright decent of Kurt Mann to help his mate. Maybe he was holding Ponga's hair back. I know the women do that. Oh, you know, they accompany their mate if they had a bit too much. And how comes the old Technicolor yawn? You hold their hair back so they don't spew on their hair. Don't think that's an issue for Caitlin somehow. And now there's talk about bringing the hair follicle testing back. Yeah, go for it. Pong is in recovery, shouldn't have been on the Terps. And now there's a strong suggestion that he will be stripped of the captaincy over this. So let's see what the result of that investigation is. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. Just back on uh, Latrell, Mitchell and South Sydney. And their fortunes seem to be uh, very closely tied to his being on the park. Well, unfortunately, Latrell failed to finish training this afternoon. He left Redfern with his right groin heavily iced. Christian Nicolucci's writing here. Mitchell, whose excellent form is a large reason Souths have won six of their past seven games, came from the field midway through the club's main session, immediately consulted physio, physio Eddie Farrah and the club's top medico, Travis Toomer. He was put through a range of stretches on the ground, he had his groin ice, took no further part in the morning session. So they got a short turnaround, the Bunnies, to Thursday night. Big game with the host Penrith at a core stadium. The first time in 23 games the Panthers will start as outsiders with the bookies. Can you imagine that? Penrith being so utterly dominant this year and the bookies got South's favourites. Are they jumping the gun here? Maybe it was just an anomaly, a bad one for Penrith. I don't know. Cody Nicarima, he's sort of been back up. At fullback for South Sydney, been battling a hamstring injury at least another week away from returning. Blake Taff is probably the guy that will jump into that number one jersey if Latrell fails to overcome his injury. But still, if you're a Souths fan, uh, that's not the sort of news that you want to hear. So fingers crossed if you're a Bunnies fan that Latrell is okay because let's be honest, I don't think they are going to go too deep without him. That text line number 0457 736 736. Well, I flicked him a text, I rang him, and he dragged himself out of a toilet cubicle to jump on the phone for our regular Monday night chat, Lachlan McCurdy from Coachport. Good evening, my friend. Good evening. I did not have any house uh, purchase over the weekend to celebrate, no. unfortunately. I'm no. not on a, any sort of near an NRL salary, so nothing like that. But uh, 
Yeah, a bit of a wild story, that one, isn't it? Not it's, wrong. Uh, yeah. Not, hey, was not it, sure what to make of it. And it wasn't just a house. It was an exciting house purchased, apparently, according to Andre. Yeah, an exciting one. I remember when I first purchased my property, a modest two-bedroom flat, and I got the call, I said, congratulations to the homeowner, and I wasn't overcome with a sense of joy. It was a, holy crap, I'm now saddled with debt. <laughs> that was literally my <laughs> first reaction. <laughs> and it, it's a strange story, though, isn't it? Now they're sort of... You know, make it out what you will as an investigation. I'm not sure what necessarily they're going to find. Um, mm. But, you know, there, there's this push now, Lockie, to, to bring back the hair follicle testing just to determine whether indeed they were doing, uh, just say, some things with certain substances that perhaps they shouldn't be. Look, it wouldn't be a rugby league season without this sort of scandal, <laughs> would it, Jules? I mean... It just seems to come around every so often. We have it at the end of last season with um, Reese Walsh getting in trouble, and you can, you can it's liable. You can depend on one every year, and look, it's it's hard because it's not something that I mean, it happens every weekend in every pub probably around the the state and around the country. But these footy players are high profile players; they have to be setting a better standard than this. And understandable that if anything is found out to be the case. Uh, as is alleged by certain people, um, that the club will come down on it. But for now, I guess we've just got to let any investigation run its course. Uh, as for this talk that he may be stripped of the captaincy, do you think that's premature or do you think it, it's a reasonable reaction, considering that he's technically in recovery and shouldn't have been out? Well, I guess technically it is something that the Knights will probably look at if, if any allegations are found to be true, that you, you want someone to be setting a certain standard at the club, especially at a club like the Knights who have struggled um, majorly this year. And look, I, I don't necessarily think it could be stripping him of the captaincy, but there are definitely some really good leadership options at the Knights if, if you're choosing not to go to Ponga. And that could help him kind of focus on his game a little bit, little bit because he has looked as though that pressure of leadership has weighed on him. As we've seen in interviews throughout the year, he kind of maybe hasn't handled them as well as other people would have liked to to hear that strong, firm stance. And you look at someone like a Jaden Braley, you've got the Saifidi brothers there. You've, all, you've got a lot of people that could realistically lead the Knights and kind of help get them back on track. So while it might not necessarily be this incident that kind of leads the captaincy away from Ponga, I wouldn't be surprised they do make a change, and not necessarily because he's done anything too badly, but because it just would be nice to let him focus on becoming the, the brilliant footy player we know he can be. You know what? I just had a I just had a light bulb moment. They should, you know who they should give the, the Knights captaincy to, Lockie? Kurt Mann. Because you want a captain that backs his team. And when he said, oh, Kalen's not feeling too good, I'm just going to duck in the cubicle. We'll just check on him, make sure he's okay. It's downright decent to Kurt Mann. Uh, now, Cameron, Sar- Cameron Seraldo, probably one of the worst-kept secrets in rugby league, officially confirmed as the Bulldogs coach. You know, How do you feel right now if you're the Tigers, though? You put the five-year offer on the table, came back to him, he said, no, no thanks. And not that long after, he's going to end up at the kennel. Yeah, it's got to be an interesting one. I mean, Tigers fans are clearly... There's a lot to be excited about as a Tigers fan. You've got the Centre of Excellence opening up essentially this week. There's a few results kind of going your way on the field, especially that Broncos win the other week. But this one's got to leave a sour taste in the mouth when they put the big offer to Serrata and and he opted no. And clearly Gus has worked his magic at the Dogs and he's kind of convinced him that the project there is worth investing in. And they've invested in Serrata the the other way around with this massive five-year deal, which is quite incredible for a a rookie coach. And I mean, look, the Dogs, 
gave this chance to a similar chance to Trent Barrett and, and things did not work out in the slightest and they're, they're doing it again. They, they're going for a Penrith assistant coach and I think it'll be really interesting to see because back in, when Barrett was recruited, there was a lot of talk out of Penrith about how responsible he was for mm. Cleary and Luai's partnership and becoming an attacking weapon and we didn't see that all at the Dogs but what we hear out of Penrith a little bit more about Serraldo is how much he cares about the players, how much he, he buys into their personality, their family life, whatever it might be. And there's a lot of outside of footy stuff when you hear about Serrato. So I think that might be what the dog's looking for to, to bring that family club vibe really with a, a coach who, who comes with a really good pedigree. Oh, without question. And, and his work with Gus, and that is key if you're going to go to any club mm. where Phil Gould is playing Overlord. You, you need to know how to get on with him, I suppose. And they've got a pretty good relationship. Definitely. I mean, he's, he, there's talk that after Griffin was, was part of from Penrith, I mean, that Serraldo was pretty much taking the reins long before that decision was made official. So uh, you're right, mm. he's popular with the players. And, and I wish him well, you know, because I think in terms of Sydney clubs, when they're on, I mean, they're a huge club, Canterbury. They're recruited really, really well, and I expect them to give it a, a really big shake uh, next year. Now, your mm. Sharkies... Uh, I feel not a lot of people are talking about them at the moment, uh, Lockie. I've got them down for second place. I think maybe, you know, particularly after the events of last week, the passing of Paul Green, what effect that had on the Cowboys psychologically. Their draw this year, Cowboys, has been pretty good. You know, coming to the Sydney Cricket Ground, they haven't played there before and uh, it probably looked just a bridge too far and so the result proved. But uh, Penrith certainly only need to win one more to confirm that that minor premiership. In fact, they don't mm. even need to because they're, they're four and against is so good. Uh, I've got your mob, Cronulla, in second. Uh, as for the remainder of the eight, I I think it'll probably stay as it is, but it, it's, I mean, who knows? There's, there's a logjam of teams at the moment and, and a lot of them got to play each other. It's going to be a fascinating final three rounds. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic to see. And I think that, that final round in particular, there's going to be quite a few clashes that kind of, put things up in the air. Obviously, you've got Penrith Cowboys. That Who knows? That could come down to the wire. But then you look at the Roosters Rabbitohs, as you were kind of talking about earlier at the new stadium, and Eel Storm could decide a lot too. But I'm with you. I think even though the Raiders, I probably think, will win their next three games, I just think they've left their run too late, that mm. they'll kind of just miss out on um, the, the top eight. Obviously, there could be some big wins, big losses that they get up there in points differential. But... The, the way I see it, um, I think Penrith, Sharks, Cowboys, Storm will probably be, probably be the top four. Uh, I, I see the Roosters jumping up to Smith. I, I do think they're in really good form. With the Sharks, they're the only uh, top eight side to have won their last five games in a row. And I think that's really important to go into the back end of the season with that kind of form. Lamentable. Um, yeah. I, I, I think Rabbitohs as well will probably maybe just finish in six that that last game in the final round will kind of decide who finishes fifth or sixth. And it's a shame because it, we could have seen maybe a elimination final between the two, but I think they'll just miss each other in that first round. Then I've got Bronco seven and Eels eight. I think we just, we don't know what to expect from the Eels. They're too hot and cold, but I think they'll just sneak into the finals. It's going to be fascinating, isn't it? Really fascinating. Mm. Brisbane, the interesting one. I mean, Melbourne, Parramatta and the Dragons, uh, they're on 28. You know, the Dragons may have checked out and, and they could win. Dragons, but uh, conceivably they could lose all three to Melbourne, Parramatta, and St George Illawarra, and that leaves them languishing at twenty-eight. So, you know, there's plenty to play for, and you hope that uh, mm. none of these teams, uh, considering the high stakes, uh, are going to be complacent. But stranger things have happened. Definitely. Anyway, now uh, I know you're a big cricket fan. 
Uh, Alana mm-hmm. King, what about that hat trick in the hundred? Wasn't that magic? Oh, uh, it's about time. I mean, look, we saw a couple of weeks ago Meg Lanning dropped dropped a sitter uh, to kind yes. of to give uh, Alana King a hat trick and the international hat trick, but just missed out. So it was great to see Alana King bounce back her first ever game in the women's hundred, and it was the perfect leg spinning hat trick. It was a uh, a bold and LBW and a bold and at the same uh, venue where Warney uh, did the gadding ball and there were some really nice comments that Alana made kind of saying, I hope he's down there watching me and enjoying me turn a few. Um, so it's really great to see um, the growth of the women's hundred and kind of how well the Aussies are playing in them. We saw Elise Perry turn back the clock with a bit of a vintage T20 performance, but also something that she hasn't done is, is score at nearly nearly 200. She got 60 off off 30 balls, which was fantastic to see. Beth Mooney's continuing to bat well. And, and yeah, the Aussies just continue to dominate. They're taking it to the the English competition and, and breaking all the records there. Uh, are you a fan of the 100? I mean, it's short form cricket. At the end of the day, I watch it. And it's, it's just like T20 to me, honestly. It, it is really interesting. I, I haven't found myself able to get into the men's 100 at all, but I do really enjoy the women's 100 mm. because it is such a... The rosters are really good. You've got the best players in the world there all competing, whereas it's kind of a little bit more hit and miss with the men's side of things. So, um, yeah, the, the women's 100, I think, has been really fascinating because you've got Elise Perry batting with Sophie Devine, the two best all-rounders in the world. Yeah. You've got... Uh, Talia McGrath, who no longer has COVID, being able to play and things like that. And yeah, I I think from that aspect, it's good seeing another big tournament really invest in the women's side of the game. So yeah, from that perspective, I have enjoyed it. Isn't it funny? The whole Talia McGrath thing is just so strange. (laughs) Oh, the Aussie cheats. They didn't let Djokovic in the cut. It's all different country, different rules, pal. And there she was. (laughs) So you can play, but you can't celebrate. It was was all a bit topsy-turvy. I liked her for top wicket-taker, actually, in in the Com Games. Didn't turn out that way, pardon the pun. But Mm. she's sort of old-school leggy. The Aussie women's cricket are blessed. They've got three wrist spinners and all very different in style, and that being King, Wareham, and and Wellington. It's a a lovely uh, depth that they have. Very good. All right, mate. Always good to chat. What are you working on code sports at the moment? Uh, I've got a few pieces coming up. I had a chat to a couple of Penrith players about Serrata going to the dogs, what he's going to bring, which will be interesting. Is he going to bring uh, some players of... with him? Is he going to bring some oh, players with him? Well, Kikau's already on the way. He's, he's already on the way. But, uh, yeah, it might be interesting to see whether he approaches any more. Uh, a couple of cricket yarns coming this week. Had a good chat with the New South Wales Blues, Hayden Kerr. Um, so that's going to be Beautiful. coming. And then my big event this week is the Jewel in the Pool, which will be uh, Sydney Olympic Park, where we've got the Aussie-US swimming rivalry, which is going to be fantastic to see. Yeah, of course, US missing from the Com Games. Uh, not that it mattered, because mm. uh, we still saw some superstars, didn't we? Molly Callahan and, and the rest. Uh, beautiful, mate. Yeah. We'll catch all of that in Code Sports. Thanks so much, Jules. There is Lachlan McCurdy, always very generous with his time, joins us for a the weekend washer, but general sports wrap on Mondays on high ground. A break. Hey, welcome back to the program. Jules in the chair, high ground. SEN 1170 Sydney, SENQ 693 in Brisbane, 1620 on the Gold Coast and across the globe via the SENF. Great to have your company this Monday. Busy weekend to sport 0457 736 736. Uh, this one from 0 to 9. You say Parra were great betting Penrith. 12 4 to Parra when Cleary was sent off. They have won a few games from behind this year. So Parra run out to a 30-point lead by halftime. Then Penrith beat them in the second half with 12 men. Yeah, but they knew that they'd had the game. So, you know, uh, Yes, I take your point, 12 men, but I still think they were pretty impressive, though. Because I reckon Penrith would have beaten a hell of a lot of teams even with 12 men. But they beat Penrith 
earlier in the season in Penrith. So they step up in these games against the best team of the competition. That That's more my, my overarching point. Eels are gone. I'm with you on that one. South will beat Penrith this week. I don't know. I'll say yes, because a lot of that hinges on the, the fitness of Latrell Mitchell. With Latrell, yeah, without Latrell, I don't think South's win. Like, he is that important to the team. And he's looking as fit as he's ever looked. 0457 736 736. And do you reckon Ponga should be stripped of the captaincy? It's a tough one, isn't it? I guess we'll wait and see what the outcome of that investigation is. But, you know, if you believe for a second that, oh, he's just throwing up in Kurt Mann, do do you buy that? Do you buy that? You know, because I don't do that stuff anymore. But as a youngster, we've all been out in the pubs and clubs and had a few too many and somebody might be throwing up. And not that I want to condone this kind of behaviour, but... If that was a mate of mine, I'd say, you're right, buddy. All right, I'd go to the bar, get another beer, and say, here you go. Just get back on it. Clean your mouth out, and you'll be okay. You'll be right as rain. Now, just away from league for a second, and then after the next break, we'll check in with the City Morning Herald Sports Desk and James Bolson. Isn't it funny? The ebbs and flows of world rugby. So well done to the All Blacks. They may have you know, alleviated the pressure ever so slightly after that, that win against the Springboks. But then Argentina, look, Australia were great. They were very impressive in Mendoza just the other week. They get pumped 48-17 in San Juan. 48-17. They're calling it a Michael Checker mastermind. So a few setbacks. And it just showed, unfortunately, on Dave Rennie's men, the whole toll of it all. Just outclassed. No energy for 80 minutes. And Argentina, two tries in six minutes. They showed their intent early. Rob Valentini, he was pretty good. Set up the first try to James Slipper. But this is the thing. This is just the problem. And Dave Reddy said, yeah, disappointment, not good enough, all that sort of stuff. Conceded four tries with kicks uh, in between us. Dominating collision. They can't finish. They're not clinical, generally speaking. And as a fan, all, all I say is this. As a fan, I'm a little bit sick of playing catch-up. A little bit sick of playing catch-up. It's the old adage, isn't it? The old saying, 80-minute footy, that's what you want. You want 80-minute footy. Now, I'm going to rip through the injury toll, the latest injury toll from the National Rugby League a little bit later on in the program. But don't forget, uh, Pat is with me, and we're going to have to run through the ringer again for another round of a deed to agree to disagree. So he's going to come at me with a barrage of stats. He's going to, see, this is what he does. He aims to confuse me. And I'll just go, ah, hard disagree. I don't need to explain myself. If I can't think of any good rationale. And then in about half an hour's time, we'll check in with Ian McCulloch from the old dart. He'll have plenty to say, no doubt, between this fire game between Chelsea and Tottenham and all the rest of the Premier League news. Julian King of the chair for high ground. Julian King with you on the chair higher ground on SEN this Monday night. Great to have your company. Keep those texts coming in 0457 736 736. It's 25 to 11. Yes, we are reading all about reading all about Kalen Ponga and Kurt Mann. What a downright decent individual Kurt Mann is for, for checking on his buddy. And I know that if I was there on the drink with James Paulson of the City Morning Herald and he decided he had a bit too much and he just started to throw up, I'd laugh and buy him another bourbon. But that's just me. Good evening, James. G'day, mate. I'll hold you to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was us 20 years ago, mate. <laughs> We're family men now. You're not normally up at this hour unless I keep you up on a Monday night. 
No, that's all right. Good uh, to be here, though. Yeah, always a pleasure, I'll, mate. I'll, I'll press pause on the old um, Arsenal Amazon doco to talk to you. So, oh, good we'll man. Make it worth. Well, it. Don't, hey, listen, no spoilers. No. Oh, what about that? Just you know, before we get on to, to the big matters of football and the rest, Chelsea v Tottenham it was a nice spicy end to that match, wasn't it? As a, as a man yeah. that goes for a London team, you can just sit back and, and grab the popcorn. No, that that's right. Very very entertaining stuff to wake up to this morning. Um, I do. I do have to say, though, I think uh, pro- probably some off to sport social in terms. Of, I'd say it was probably need some education from some nineties rugby league on what actually constitutes an all-in brawl. But nonetheless, <laughs> good good viewing. Yeah, all in, please. It's not all your so brawl. Got to, got to fit to in. lick the bootlaces of my brawl. Uh, Kalen right. Ponga. I mean, what uh, investigation? There's talk about hair follicle testing, but I mean, it's just. It's probably the last thing the Newcastle Knights need after a wretched season uh, with talks about cultural problems within the club to have uh, two of their well-known players or their captain and their marquee player in a toilet cubicle, door shut, both of them emerging, should be in recovery. Uh, and his dad, yeah. uh, this strange situation too, his dad, Andre, coming out having to explain the situation. I, I'm not sure if he's helped or hindered the cause. No, well, he is his manager, of course, as well, Andre. But, yeah, probably... Some good father of the year points there. I mean, my my experience in the in the Chunder game. I mean, it's, it's all about the the long hair. That's what you need the mates for. And Correct. Hasn't hasn't got the longest hair, so no. I'm in fact, he probably had the headgear on. Uh, I'm led to believe. That, that's yeah. right. Yes. Now, five year coaching deals. It was uh, it's official now that Cameron Seraldo will be the Bulldog next coach. After it was uh, most people have speculated that was the case, but five years. You know, the, the Tigers. Offered him a five-year deal. He knocked them back. They came back to the table. He said, no, we know that Benji Marshall is going to succeed uh, Tim Sheens there at Tiger Town. And for five years, uh, Adam Pengilly's got a story tomorrow talking about uh, five-year coaching contact contracts being all the rage at the moment. Yeah, that's right. The Seraldo saga's finally, I think we can call it a saga, has come to an end. But yeah, great, great line there from uh, Pengilly. Basically, you get a five-year deal, you get a five-year deal. He's gone the Oprah route. <laughs> They're all the rage, as you say. I mean, the Tigers copped a bit of stick for signing Benji up for five years. Uh, Serraldo's a different case. But, I mean, you'd, you'd put a Sydney mortgage on there being more coaching moves uh. next year, if not sooner. They might come out looking like geniuses for locking him down long-term. Well, five years, I mean, particularly with Phil Gould at the club, so you kind of had to get a guy that had worked with him in the past that, that you knew what you were going to get and you knew that it was a, a functional relationship. Because as brilliant as Gus is and as beneficial he's been to clubs, you know, yeah. bottom line is if he's there, you need to get on with him. And so, no, so rather they got a guy that right. can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I had the, another story today, I think it was Nico, the, the players are right behind him. I mean, as you'd expect, Matt Burton... He's going to be one of the big cogs in that Bulldogs wheel going mm. forward. Obviously, he has history with him at Penrith. He described him as a great coach, says communication's his biggest strength, and that's that's also important. So, Well, it's important, too, to, to keep Matt Burton the club. Because you remember that speculation was flying around. That's well, right, that he know, might go back. That he might go back or he might leave. And, of course, that just confirms, uh, well, you think would confirm uh, Viliami Kiko's arrival there. And then you factor in Reid Marnie. It's it's a pretty Reed decent Marnie. looking team. I mean, they've they've had a bit of a taste of success uh, under interim coach Mick Potter. And so they're going to hit the ground running, I think, uh, heading into next season. The Dogs, are, they are one to watch them. But this is the thing. I mean, they, they've, they've gone all in, as you said, but uh, they must rate him highly. I mean, Robbo got that five-year at the start. That came off, you know. But normally these things are, are kind of saved for... Big name top shelf coaches, the, right. the ones that are well and truly established. 
like your, your Robbos and like your Craig Billowies? Well, that's it. Like the, he's, at the moment, he's got more job security than uh, Ivan Cleary, Wayne Bennett. Not sorry, Wayne Bennett. Um, Craig Bellamy, Ivan <laughs> Cleary, and Trent Robinson, as you say. And, you know, those blokes have won just about all of the recent premierships in recent memories. So, mm. Anyway, yeah, good luck to they, you. I think they've got their man. Yes, uh, good luck to you. Good luck. Oh, commiserations to your, your Seagulls too, by the way. Um, Mad Monday starts yeah, early for I'm them. Yeah, playing for pride for the rest of the year, yes, funnily enough. Yeah, that's a good shout, that one. It's a good shout. Now, uh, you, we mentioned there the word, that. no. The, well, I think Pat, our man in the studio, tweeted something like that. Uh, Malcolm, oh, that's who it was. Yeah, good it was. Yeah, good on you, Patty. Yeah. You've got, you got fans uh, far and wide, my friend. Uh, we mentioned the word there, Premiership. Malcolm Con, Connie, who's obviously better known as a cricket writer, but... Anything that happens in the SCG, he's all over it. He's got an article, the Swans, he reckons they, they can go all the way and win the flag. Yeah, and look, I, I don't disagree with him. I mean, the, the way they're playing, they're hungry, they're, they're up for it. They're looking fans. They've had some big scalps this year. I've been mean, none bigger than yesterday. They also beat Melbourne earlier in the year. They've beaten Geelong. That was, of course, Buddy's 1,000th goal match. So, yeah. look, I mean, there's no reason why they can't. I mean, the SCG, massive, sorry, massive game this weekend when they play St Kilda with a home final at stake, that, that SCG advantage is huge for them. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. But then the flip side, you know, when they get to the pointy end, I think they've only played at the MCG twice this year. They, they beat Melbourne, as I said, but then they lost to Essendon. That was their last loss at this point. So, yeah, momentum key. Big win this week. Hopefully take it into the home finals in a fortnight and we'll go from there. I thought... I had to do a bit of research. I was thinking two games at the MCG seems a bit under, but no, last year they only played three. The year before was the same. So It's interesting, isn't it? I don't reckon it'll worry him. No, probably not. I mean, Longmire, he's a pretty savvy coach too. They've just got a really good list, Sydney. I hope they can retain yeah. Buddy. I mean, I don't think that's over the line yet, but they've surprised everyone with how well they've gone this year, the Swannies. Now, next door to the Sydney Creek ground is the almost ready-to-go brand-new uh, state-of-the-art, shiny Allianz Stadium. No, Round 25, we've got the Roosters and the Bunnies, uh, a great rivalry in rugby league. Now, you've got an article about a, a bit of a stink between these two. Yeah, so the game's only a bit over a fortnight away. That's really crept up. But no, it's, uh, this will be one that you can read online in the morning, but another one for the, the Book of Feuds. But what I, what I can tell you is basically the Bunnies aren't impressed that that's a Roosters home game and that their their arch rivals are going to be the ones reaping the rewards of what's going to be a huge crowd. Basically, the uh, the South take is that uh, they hosted the first game last year. Sorry, this year, therefore, it should be the other way around. So yeah. you can read about that one from Christian Nicolucci in the morning and uh, get you keen for September 2. So they're whinging Souths, are they? I oh, know they want to get out of a call, although their members actually like it. It's a bit more convenient for them. But Blake no, Soli's that's right. Fan, interesting but... one, that. Yeah, it's a horrible place to watch footy. I, I can't yeah. wait. Are you going to get out there? I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. Because I know they. I'm got not the... sure I'm over the line yet, as as we say earlier, family men these days. But if not that, the Wallabies the night after. I'm thinking so. Yeah, there's there's about ten official launch games, aren't there? Right, that, that's every right. code in the FC. Oh, we got to launch it, and you got the women's game as well, which is going to precede that uh, Roosters Rabbitohs game round 25. That between that, well, the grand final replay between the Dragons. And the Roosters, so that That's will be right, an absolute yep. beauty. And before we let you go, you've got a lovely little feature on uh, seven-time world surfing champ Steph Gilmore. Yeah, that's right. on the back page tomorrow. Some lovely uh, photo work there. The the women heading back to uh, Te Apo in Tahiti for the first time in 16 years. It was removed from the tour for safety reasons in 2006, I think it was, but the men stayed on. You know, figure that one out. Yeah. 
So there's a monster swells tip there, 12 footers. Uh, translates roughly to a place of skulls, I'm led to believe. Steph, as you say, seven-time champion. She's never surfed there. She's currently fourth in the standings. It's uh, defending champion Carissa Moores to lose at this point. That would be her sixth title. So she's she's closing in on our Steph, and it uh, looks like a, a rivalry that's going to kick on even longer. They're mad, these surfers. They are mad. Uh, they say about that, that particular uh, venue... It's they're not the biggest waves, but they're really heavy waves. They're entirely yeah, really right. heavy waves. You get caught, like you said, right you get caught. Reef. Yeah, exactly. You get caught in one of those barrels. Oh, no, thank you. Well, I think I'd much rather watch it from the comfort of the sand. Ah, lots going on. Looking forward to catching all of that in the City Morning Herald online. And, of course, if you're old school, like Tony Roach used to live next to me in Taramara, would always duck it in the local news agency, get the piece of paper, get the newspaper, fold it up, tuck it under the arm. Had the tennis gear on as well. Then you can buy it at Newsagent as well. We'll catch that in the Sydney Morning Herald. Thank you, mate. Rest up. We'll speak soon. Good on you, Jules. All the best. Yeah, you too. There he's Jace Bolson from the sports desk of the Sydney Morning Herald. So, without rabbitos. How come they reap the benefits of the return of Allianz? Why is it their home game? We're bringing in half of it. Bring half. Come on, rabbitos fan. Pat, what do you have to say about that? I think the South fans will be bringing in the lion's share of the bar take. Mm. Oh, just before we get to a break, did you see this American comedian? He says, you know what, I'm trying to soak up all Australian sports and I win a game of Aussie rules and the West Coast Eagles here and before that they launched an eagle. And I thought, how good is this? They brought an eagle to the game. This is magnificent. What else can I experience? He goes, and then I went to a South Sydney Rabbitohs game and I realised they brought 35,000 F-wits. <laughs> It's probably one of them. That's yeah, one of them. no nonsense. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You're listening to the high ground on a Monday night with Julian King. Sen eleven seventy Sydney. Senq six ninety three in Richmond. Sixteen twenty in the Gold Coast. And via the Sen app. So after eleven o'clock Eastern time, I'll uh, cross into Ian McCulloch at the old dart ramp up the London calling. Uh, and get the latest from the Premier League and any other bits and bobs and news uh, circulating in England. Anyway, it's time for this. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. Now, uh, Mark, our dear Scottish friend Mark had his first ever agree to disagree. He's a good man. He's a good man. And he says, Cronulla Sharks in the Premiership. And he said, you don't know anything about rugby league. And I said, no, no idea. <laughs> so I said, disagree, Next. But then he, then, he, then he crapped all over the, the standard of beer in this country and I had to defend Ooh. Australia's honour. Did he mention rashes? I, I, no. No, he didn't. He just likes his Scottish beers, which is fair enough. They're very nice. But don't poo-poo our beers, champion. What's the Scottish? What's... Yeah, I thought he said something or other. I don't know. Carlsberg or Pretty something. Good. It'll be big over there. No, that's a cheese. That's no, Jarlsberg. It's a joke. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anyway. No, I'm not a fan of Carlsberg. But some of the nice stouts and stuff are beautiful over in the... Beautiful. Has he had a Bondi stout? I Did you tell him about the Bondi I stout? I don't believe he's had a Bondi stout. I might pick him a text. You must try. Pat said you have to try a Bondi stout. So. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know if you go to Icebergs for a stout, but it's No, there. I don't you... go to Icebergs. I live in North Parramatta, mate. When would I ever go to Icebergs? Yeah. We're not all a Darlinghurst residents like you, champion. Yeah, you got to go there. You might catch uh, you might catch missile there one day. Yeah, no, missile. Yeah. Credibility yeah. when you hang by a missile. Yeah. And he's 6'5". Not many people I look up to. I'm 6'3". I mean, goodness me. Do you know what I did? I was, uh, I'm normally a runner, and I started doing laps at icebergs over summer because my leg was a bit sore. Mm. And I was in here one day, and I can't get the breathing down for swimming. Like, I just can't get the the rhythm of it. Like One, two, three, three, yeah, or a four-stroke so breathing. So I was asking James Magnuson about 
like bubble, bubble, blow and stuff. Yes. The fifth fastest okay. human being ever. Yes. Over um, the hundred, yeah. He was a good sport about it. Yeah. He said. And what did he say? Just give it three up. Three strokes and a breath. Yeah, one, two, three, breath. breathe. One, one two. two, three, breathe. Yeah, I think that's what I do. Yeah, I've never thought about it. Not that I swim laps. But really. if you're uh, if you're icebergs, you always want to be facing the, you always want to be taking your breath over at the, the nice people, right. the stairs. Right. Okay. I just feel like it's very judgy over in the east. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I think better than Newtown. That's no good. <laughs> better than Newtown. Not a lot of not a lot of beach views in Newtown. No. No. Anyways, I'm sure they'll love this in Newtown. Okay. So the, you said that you think the Cowboys are done. I think the Cowboys have sort of been around about the sixth or seventh best, te- best team all year. Mm. And I think that they're just coming into the big games now. Um, and so they're going to be, they're going to drop a couple just by virtue of being, playing better sides. And I'll back it up with the average position of teams they've played this year based on the current ladder is 10th. Yeah. They've had a good run. They've had a great, they've had a great season, especially I thought they were going to come last. Yeah. I had them down the bottom three. But they've um, they've only been to Sydney four times, so they came for Penrith, and they were kept to nil. Manly, they were they less than convinced against yeah, Manly. Three tries and they were pretty good against Dragons, and then this was the fourth time mm. all season that they've left Queensland. So, so I think Cowboys. It's not that they're being that they're dipping. I just think they'll never they'll never as good as. So, maybe so what's position. the statement that I have to agree or disagree with? I think the Cowboys have had a soft soft run. They're about the sixth or seventh best team, and they're playing like it all year. Okay, so I'll agree with the soft run. I won't say the sixth or seventh. I think they're one of the top four teams this year. And we were talking just before we came on air. I think that the Raiders will win their last three games. Mm. And I think they're going to finish ninth on 30 points. Now, last year, which is 15 wins, sorry, 14 wins in one bye. Last year, Titans had 10 wins, 14 losses, and finished eighth. Yes. And then this year, Raiders could have to win more than you lose. Yeah, Yeah, this will be the first time that a side has won more than they've lost and missed out if it does happen that way. Which it should be. Yeah. It should be that way. Anyway, the statement is I think the Raiders will finish ninth. Agree. Agree, yeah. Yeah. I don't have the top eight changing. Got the order changing. Don't have the top eight changing. Yeah. Yeah. Roos is going to be tough to beat. Mm. Um, Last one is now we're talking about, you know, joking about drinking. I think they've got to come down hard on Pong and no matter what comes out of it, hope, you know, I just think it's a terrible look. If you're, if you're injured, it's not a holiday. And the way the Knights have been going, you just, it's just such a bad look for the club and they've just had such a bad year that you've got you to gotta make an example out of him. Agree. Yeah. What that constitutes, I don't know. But, yeah, with a shocking year in recovery, you can't be seen at a cubicle with your mate. And he, it's like yeah. he shouldn't definitely not d- – shouldn't go to jail or anything or lose his contract, but – Well, why would he go to jail? T- not going to jail. No. It's a bit extreme, isn't it? Pat? Intoxicated in public. Intoxicated okay. in public. He's not going. Can't settle down, mate. Anyway, wait and see what the outcome of that investigation is. Thank you. There's agree to disagree. We've got a break after that. I'm going to check in with Ian McCulloch with his UK report live from London. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. That is the text line number. You can call me as well. One three hundred zero one eleven seventy. You're with Julian King on higher ground right across the SEN network. Great to have your company this Monday night. SEN 1170 Sydney, SENQ 693 in Brisbane. 1620 on the Gold Coast and via the SEN app. 0457 736 736 is the text line number. Before we check in live to London, 
with Ian McCulloch from the Old Dart for his UK reports. Just running through some injuries from the NRL we mentioned at the top of the program. Latrell Mitchell, uh, concerns for the Bunnies because there's no chance without him. And I say that with the deepest respect to the remainder of the side. But uh, he limped off at Redfern Oval at South Training today, heavily iced. South did confirm it was a sore left groin. That was his, that's his kicking leg, Latrell Mitchell. And he commented on Channel 9's Instagram post about the injury, saying, Ferrari in the garage. Ferrari in the garage. So, uh, fingers crossed, he is okay. Uh, for Manly, Jason Saab sus- suffered a suspected ACL injury in Sunday's loss to the Titans after falling awkwardly while competing for a high ball in the second half. He left the field immediately. Desi, the coach, Des Hasler, confirmed post-match that the initial signs pointed to an AS- ACL, so terrible luck for the young man. Toby Rudolph, the Sharks prop, uh, MCL injury in the second half of their win over the Tigers in Tamworth. Looks like he's going to miss four weeks, Toby Rudolph, sidelining him until the second week of the final series. So they can't catch a trick at the moment, the Cronulla Sharks. And that came after they lost C for Talakai. It was shoulder injury in the lead-up to that match. Uh, he is expected, though, to join Connor Tracy and Matt Moylan for being available for selection in round 23. Round 23. Later on Saturday night, too, Brisbane forward Kobe Hetherington failed an HIA following a head clash with um, Sayaso Sue. That was in the second half of his side's victory over the night. So Broncos left centre. Brenko Lee was out of the squad after he suffered hamstring tightness during the week at training. Adam O'Brien, the Knights coach, uh, said following the match he was hopeful Dave Clemmer would be available for round 23 after the prop missed the trip to Brisbane with a knee injury. Uh, of course, no Carlin Ponga. He's got bigger issues. I look up my screen, and there he is emerging with a hoodie. Uh, that's Kurt Mann and then Kalen as well. And the young attendant there was couldn't quite believe his eyes. The door opening. Hang on a minute. Two footy players emerging from the cubicle. I put two and two together, and I'm not getting five. And when I mean what I mean by that is I'm not getting. Oh, one was sick, and the other one's helping him out. So make of that what you will. He's jeopardised his captaincy. He's a man in in recovery at the moment, suffering from concussions. And considering that their poor season they've had, the Newcastle Knights and the cultural issues, it's a really bad look for the club. 0457 736 736. I think we got him on the line now. Do I have the clash? Do we got the clash, Paddy? Yes. London calling, yes, I was there too. And you know what they said? Well, some of it was true. London calling at the top of the dial. There we go. We're back now. There's been so much going on with the Commonwealth Games from Brum and the rest of it. I feel like I haven't had a, a regular stint in higher ground. It's been a while since we checked in with this man. I'm glad to have him on the line right now. Ian McCulloch, good evening or good afternoon to you. Good afternoon here, mate. How are you, Jules? Oh, I'm going very well. What was the reception like of the Com Games? It was big in Birmingham. I know a lot of people that were over there for work. Was there the same, I suppose, acceptance and reception in London? Um, yeah, it was kind of, I think it was kind of the, the, um, the coverage sort of grew as it was coming to an end. They had, a, you know, the live sort of closing ceremony, which was sort of like a showcasing some of the, the good and the not so good of Birmingham's music scene. In the, uh, the <laughs> hang on, hang on. So, so, okay. Just give me good or not good. Black Sabbath. Not good. for me. No. But I, but I can see that. No, not for me. I can see why they had them though. But, okay. Uh, 
Duran Duran. No way. Musical hit. Duran Duran. Possible music pop. Yeah. I saw, you know what this um, is. Never. No way near. I cannot stand you. Thank you. Cannot stand you, B40. They are the most overrated band, honestly. Sort of this weird white reggae thing going on. Sabbath, I don't mind. I don't mind a bit of Sabbath. A bit of Paranoid was good. And Duran Duran, I I took my wife to see them in concert when they toured here last. It would have been uh, eight years ago, would be a guess. I'll tell you what, they were good. Simon Le Bon was singing well. She loved it, you know. And when they start cranking up the bit of the old Hungry Light and the Wolf and Girls on Film and Rio, it's it's hard not to get caught up in it. It's really hard. So I'll I'll give him his due. Look. I'm not going to lie, he's put away a few pies in the last 30-odd years, but, you know, who hasn't? Uh, that being Simon Le Bon, I think Yasmin's still looking as, as spectacular as ever. Now, London Calling was a song we played, mate, and uh, Tottenham-Chelsea, great London rivals, are quite a spicy end of this game of football. Yeah, that's right. With a back, the headline on the back of the Daily Mirror today was London brawling um, <laughs> with um, um, Antonio Conte and Thomas Tuchel, two kind of combustible coaches at the best of times, um, you know, having a, a real set two on the final whistle as they uh, shook hands at the end of a kind of spicy two-all draw and uh, both of them red cardies for their troubles and, you know, Tuchel then blew up in the press, press conference after claiming the, the referee. Um, um, Anthony Taylor shouldn't be allowed to referee Chelsea games anymore and... Yeah. He's now going to be investigated by the Football Association for those comments about the referee. And, um, yeah, it was a, a really good game. And, um, you know, two, two big other clubs kind of, uh, you know, the real question about how good Tottenham are going to be this year because they bought very well and there's a lot of kind of um, expectation on their shoulders, especially with Conte in as manager now and uh, Harry Kane back to sort of happy to be at the club. And uh, they've got a woeful record against Chelsea. They sort of just, I, I covered two of their matches Chelsea last year in the in the Carabao Cup, and they just were very timid, very meek, and you know were easily beaten. So it was a real test to see how they how they cope, and uh, you know they they ground out a kind of you know half or two all draw, which um, you know was a very good point for them. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, a real a real lively encounter. Just having a look at some of the other results uh, from this round, I mean, uh, Man City look like they're they're probably the team to beat, aren't they? And Liverpool. Fair to say they're about to take on Palace in a few hours' time. But regressing from last season, is that a fair assessment? Oh, I don't know. I think it's too early to say Liverpool are regressing. I think Haaland makes a huge difference to uh, to City, but I mean they're already already very good anyway. But um, I think you know the way Liverpool finished last season, you know they finished so strongly, and uh, you know I know it's only the Community Shield and you know a glorified trial match for one of a better better word. But, um, um, and they beat Sydney the other week and looked pretty good. So I wouldn't say Liverpool are, are on the way down, but um, you know they got Palace tonight at home, and you think Liverpool should should win that. Um, but um, you know City have had a you know, fairly friendly start to the season. The two sides they played um, West Ham and then uh, you know, Bournemouth seeing off uh, Bournemouth on, a, on on Saturday. So let, let's just see how they go when they sort of play. You know, sort of better teams mm. us. but uh, um, I mean the team that really I mean, I'm sorry to say it mate but, you, but your mob United I, I was going to come to that yes when you say better teams United <laughs> and that just stunned me up I remember I woke up in the middle of the night my daughter came into the room and you know she, you know how the little kids want to jump in your bed okay fine so I'm awake and I just thought I'll just check the phone 
And I read 4-zip and I go, okay, beautiful. Nice win, boys. And then I read it, hang on, we, we lost 4-0 and conceded four in the first <laughs> half. What, what is happening at this club? You know, uh, I don't know if it's an issue of player power there, Ian, because Ralph Radnick, who came in last year, and he said this is a club that needs open-heart surgery. And it's almost like that they didn't want to hear what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, you can have Pep in charge of that club or some, you know, some of the two cool Conte, etc. If the club's run badly off the field, it's going to not do have success on the field. And I think you you, you saw that on, on Saturday, really. Brentford, you know, a tiny club, uh, but they were run off the field. Yeah. Man United are the biggest club in the country, one of the biggest clubs in world football. And they're falling down at half time against a team that didn't really get out of first gear. And it was just simply just putting putting the ball over the top and scoring goals. That's all it was. Um, I didn't see much of the game because I, I was working Saturday, but I was in I was working up at Sunderland, the Stadium of Light, and in the pressure the game was on, I just people were just laughing. Yeah. Just sort of like, oh, 2-0, 3-0, same four nil, it's not even half time. It's and incredible. It's Man United we're talking about and you know, with all respect to Brentford and Brighton to you know, really sort of mid-table clubs in mm. in the Premier League and beating them comfortably, really. And, um, you know, Ten Hag's got a massive job on his hands and, yeah, he needs time, etc. But there's already kind of words around that, you know, the players don't respect him, etc. And it's a big job there, you know. The the ownership of United has been a, a real bugbear over the years. Gary Neville, um, you know, United legend and, was on TV over here was very scathing on the, yeah. about the state of United as a club on on Saturday, sort of saying you know the stadium needs knocking Old Trafford needs knocking down or renovating the training grounds not where it should be and there's only 50 million they've only got 50 million pound in the bank now United, which is crazy when you think in terms of you know the money they bring in and what mm. but there's so much money's been taken out of that club by the owners and spent on not on not on the football club. Um, you, you know, you re- that is really beginning to show now. This is, you know, one of the great clubs in English football, and they're a mess. They are a mess. You know, there's talk about protests and, and not going to games to, until the Glazers are out. And you know, Ten Hag, you're right. They've got to give him time. But just looking at some of the feedback, people, oh, we should have taken Potcher. We should never let Mourinho go. Or, you know, isn't it funny? You know, we're all wise after the event. We're only two games into the season. I mean, yeah, you, ha- you have to give the guy a chance, but. Uh, it's deeply concerning, not so much the losses, but uh, the nature of the losses to teams that you said are, are, are really mid-table minnows. Yeah, and, but also it comes down to recruitment as well, how they're recruiting, who they're recruiting. Mm. I mean, Ronaldo was a great romantic signing, but should United be signing 37-year-olds, stopping the progress of young players coming through? Yeah. And now Ronaldo's not happy, causing problems behind the scenes. Apparently... There's stories in the papers today that he's refusing to sit with the rest of the players at lunch. He's sitting on his own. Um, doesn't respect what, who Ten, Ten Hag is. He's got you know, issues on his hands. He's only been in the door five minutes. Yeah. I feel very... I have some sympathy for him, but a lot of this is, you know, United's own making. Yeah, yeah. One more before I let you go, mate. Have you been catching any of the 100 at all? What are you made of it? I haven't seen a great deal, I'm going to be honest. I've yeah. bits and bobs. Um, I'm not doing so much cricket this year. It's the football season starts, so I'm pretty busy with that. Um, yeah, it's kind of flowing along. The test match starting Thursday, England against Africa. And, you know, there's, there's a kind of a, a belief in cricket that there seems to be more. The ECB are more worried about the 100 than 
you know, building the, the county championship and producing mm. test cricketers. And I'm sort of in the middle of that. I think if you're going to get young kids into watching cricket, the, the hundred is what will get them watching in. Um, it's not like when we were kids where test cricket was king. In our eyes, test cricket still is king. But still is, mate. You can't put a yeah. you can't put a seven year old in front of a test match for eight hours and say watch that. Yeah. Well, like, you can put a seven year old in front of, in know, front of the hundred and watch them and go yeah. it's good, and then you. You know, you get that's, that's interesting cricket, and then you go well. With test cricket, this is interesting in a different way. That's like how I think it should. Yeah, I mean, they're two it, um, they're two completely different forms of the game, and two completely yeah. different audiences. And there is some crossover, I agree. But I, this is why I think the appointment of Ben Stokes has, has been really important because he is a champion of Test cricket, but he's also a big believer in playing an entertaining brand of cricket and making the game accessible to yeah. people again. You know, he, he's talking mm, yeah. openly about about ticket prices, about the need to to not die wondering, to be brave in your chases. And I think it's really important for the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, I mean, all-rounders generally don't in, in England don't make good captains, but, I mean, if anyone can make a job of it, it's Ben Stokes. Mm. Um, so far, he's you know, beaten India and they've beaten New Zealand in his four test matches, and it's been good to watch. They're exciting. It's, you know, it's, they're hitting the ball. I think it'd be a bit different trying to play that brand of cricket against Australia on a quick pitch of the Gabba, but it's good to watch. He is, he is. And, <laughs> and we, he's bringing people in. And, yeah. You know, you're seeing things taking down 380 to win a test match, just batting last. That's phenomenal. <laughs> and now, because every time, we, you know, we, we cross to our friends over at SENZ, they go, you know, he's really a Kiwi, Benny Stokes, he's a New Zealander, which I get. His dad played rugby league for <laughs> New Zealand. And look... The last word, we'll, we'll raise a glass to the Kent all-rounder, the 46-year-old Darren Stevens. Uh, Steve-O is finally uh, putting the bat back in the kit bag and retiring. God bless him. Remarkable man. What a legend. What a Kent, legend. Well done. Yeah, he's a remarkable man, you know, and I spoke to him last year after a match and uh, he just said, I'll just keep playing as long as I can. I still love playing. When I stop loving playing, I'll stop. 630 games for Ken over 17 years. He's 46, and he was still slaying him to the very end. Thank you, mate. Uh, appreciate your time as always, and fingers crossed that Man United. Uh, well, okay, I'll just leave that there. Can, can win? You know, is that weird? Only got it? Liverpool the next game, mate. Yeah, that's that's. Is this where we're at now? That you know, you just hope that <laughs> the biggest club in England can somehow jag a win. That's where we're at. Sad state of affairs. Thank you, mate. We'll let you go. We'll speak soon. No worries. See you now, bye. There is Ian McCulloch with his UK report. Eight four five seven. 736, 736. That is the text line. He's a really good man, Macca. But yes, he's a man united. Sorry, but he's right. What about that? I mean, there's talk that Ten Hag's not respected by the players. Ronaldo is, you know, is he destabilising? He's eating lunch on his own. You know, a club of that magnitude under that much scrutiny, you're not performing well on the pitch. Well, then people are going to talk about the rifts and the cracks starting to appear in the playing group. And even two rounds into the Premier League season, that appears to be happening. Big concern. We'll take a break. That is us done and dusted, short, sharp and sweet on a Monday night. Great to have your company. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in on the program on Higher Ground. Thank you to Pat. Thank you to James Polson. Thank you to Ian McCulloch. And thank you to Lachlan McCurdy from Code Sports. We're going to have a spell back to do Higher Ground all again on Wednesday. I'll catch you then. Bye-bye.